0: Welcome to the Deep Waters Podcast. We pray that Jesus Christ is at the beginning and all throughout and at the end of what we do. May openness and peace mark our discussions as we engage in conversations about the fresh move of God. May our hearts be drawn to unity. And in all things, may this shape us to look more like you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right we both have a cup of ginger
1: turmeric today That's right. also known as ging-tum. gingetum tomb, it's my fave we also have some kosher trail mix mm-hmm. which is a need to know thing for later yeah you can't go wrong with kosher trail mix and may you enjoy the deep waters podcast
0: Hey there, Jace. What a beautiful day.
1: It really is. I mean, we're recording
0: this at 2.40. It's like kind of already getting dim outside, which makes me sad. Yeah, I think the sun actually set half an hour ago. <laughs> it feels that way. <laughs> these winter
1: these winter timelines are, are rough. It's funny.
0: Yeah, it t- teaches me I need to get outside when the sun is up, and today I didn't do that. So yeah. it's basically just going to be nighttime all day for me. <laughs> I did like a... F- <laughs> Uh, like a 40-minute walk through the school parking lot
1: next to our house mm. last night with the oh. just the street lights on <laughs> with our dog. It felt like I was living in Alaska or something.
0: Yeah. Dang. I don't know what that feels like, but that's what I imagine it feels like. I would have a hard time living in Alaska. I've never been. Maybe it's amazing.
1: Well, I think it's amazing. Well, like half the year, you get daylight all the time. Sure. Probably too much daylight, oh, yeah. some would say. <laughs> Maybe they need blackout curtains to mm-hmm. go to sleep. Yeah. But yeah. then to have like a few days a year that's the sun does not come up.
0: That's wild. Crazy. It's like living on the moon. Oh, you got to get those happy lights and just mm-hmm. turn them on in your living room. So you don't pull your hair out. Totally. Mm-hmm. When,
1: I, when I get home now, I just turn on pretty much every light downstairs <laughs> just to get it light enough that I feel like I don't need to go to bed yet. Yeah. that's Cause nice. if I keep it moody, I'm like, oh, it's, it's six o'clock and I'm time it's
0: ready for bed. Yeah. It must be midnight. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. Well, uh, speaking of midnight, <laughs> what are we talking about today chase
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh man uh yeah speaking of the sun going down too fast
0: uh we're talking about axe yeah Mm -hmm. and now remind me is axe just the last name of the guy who wrote this book yes luke (laughs) axe that's who wrote
1: it named after
0: himself we can call him dr axe dr Mm -hmm. axe
1: yep um yeah, that's all I got out of our first podcast uh, <laughs> last week. Yeah, so last week we talked about Acts. We called it Acts Overview, but we probably viewed over like 2% of the book. Yeah, totally. If that's how you say that. Uh-huh. So we're hoping to to eat off a bit more of it today. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm remembering right, we touched on... Um, Oh, gosh. The notes are right in front of me. I should have just looked at that instead of trying to pull from my own memory. Uh, who Luke was. Yeah? Yeah. And then we we really dove into this idea of kind of this medley through scripture. Yes. Um, which would be a garden is created, priests are established, there's a fall, and then a judgment. Yeah. And so we saw a few different patterns of this throughout the scriptures, whether that was Eden or... Or Aaron's sons in the tabernacle. Yeah. And then we talked about the crazy story in Acts 5, Ananias and Sapphira.
0: Yeah, tough spot.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Not the easiest thing to cover, but mm. a reassuring for me to see that there's a greater picture going on mm. that might tell us something of how important um, and sacred the church
0: is as a temple. Yeah. Uh, even though hard thing to stomach. Yeah, definitely a hard thing to stomach. I, when I first was reading the Bible, I don't know if you felt this way, but it felt to me like a bunch of stories and thoughts were sort of arbitrarily thrown together. Mm -hmm. The book of Acts is probably just someone going around with a pen and a piece of paper, ballpoint pen, probably that like clicks from the back. Totally. Those were invented 2000 years ago, (laughs) running around, like just taking notes on what he saw and then he threw it in a book. Mm -hmm. And that's what we call the acts of the apostles. Um, and so there's not a whole lot of thought or intention behind what words are used or why stories occur in a certain order Mm -hmm. or why some stories were spoken and not others. I just assumed, you know, these are the important stories, I guess. I don't know if anything wasn't important. It wasn't mentioned. Mm -hmm. Um, and, I just want to call that out as like a pretty simple, like an extremely simplistic and reductionistic view of literature in general, but especially if God is involved in the writing of this literature, it's going to be more brilliant than that. Come on. And so if that's true, then I want to be asking questions like, wow, why did they take so much time to tell us this sermon from Stephen?" Yeah. Something significant is going on here especially in a day and age where you couldn't just use a inkjet printer and crank out a ton of pages of something Mm -hmm. writing was a costly process so they wouldn't have written anything unless it was worth their money and time
1: yeah Mm -hmm. yeah with steven he's introduced as a fairly minor character and then we get this monologue from him we're like, whoa, maybe we should pay attention to this bad boy.
0: Yeah, <laughs> maybe. And like, why did they put this in here instead of telling me more about Barnabas? Because I want to hear more about that guy. Mm-hmm. But for whatever Luke was trying to accomplish in this book, he chose to include some things and not others. Uh, and so I, I don't really have a point beyond that other than to just say, yeah, it, it, experiment with that as you read your scriptures yeah. and be aware. If this story about Ananias and Sapphira is really disturbing to you, then try to zoom out and read it in context and see if it's helping make more sense of why something that stark could exist. I'm thinking of the Bible almost like like a mosaic and there's really dark tiles in mosaics, Yeah, but you could zoom out. And those dark tiles are just aspects of what creates a really brilliant contrasted picture of light.
1: Wow. Yeah. That's a good way to put that.
0: You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Cause I think, mm-hmm. I
1: think there's been people that have collected all the darkest bits, all the darkest tiles hmm. in the Bible and you just get a black picture, you know? Wow. Yeah. But if you view it in its entirety, it's way more multifaceted than that. Wow. I believe
0: and it's beautiful Mm -hmm. it really is it's a work of art Mm -hmm. it's a divine and human composed work of brilliance it's Mm -hmm. it's a masterpiece the bible yeah huh so yeah don't underestimate it i like that Hmm. speaking of including things some things and not
1: others yeah is that a theme in acts at all between the jews and the gentiles wow look at you (laughs) way to bridge it
0: (laughs) Yes, Jace, it is. Oh, wow. (laughs) Okay, so... Oh, wow. (laughs) I didn't know know what to say to that. (laughs) (laughs) That That's fun. Uh, We do have some notes in front of us in case you're just listening to this podcast. Um, But above and beyond the notes, Jace is just a brilliant, brilliant man. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So this whole like people of God thing. Yeah. We've mentioned this a few times, so I don't want to go too deep into it, but... Um, remember it was, it was all people and there were a lot of problems with the all people approach and the Lord was really committed to all people. So the way he chose to bless all nations was through a particular nation. Yeah. He chose Abram in Genesis 12 and said, through you and your seed, your line, all of the nations of the earth will be blessed. And that's something that's repeated through the generations about the people of Israel. Um, so there is at times a bit of a, a a loss of a sense of that calling to the nations. Um, and obviously there's, you know, nuance in this, like then if they were supposed to be called to the nations, why did they wipe out entire people groups? Yeah. You know, those are really dark tiles in the mm-hmm. mosaic of the Bible and i wrestle with them a lot i don't have super clear easy answers for that kind of stuff but i think it's important to say that the story of the israelites and their relationship with god is not an ethnocentric story Hmm. it's not like god just liked this people group more and um he didn't love all the other humans yeah um his hope was to love all of the other humans through this people group, mm-hmm. to utilize them like in an, an elected people group and, um, bless people through them. And ultimately Jesus is the fulfillment of that. The ultimate Israelite who fulfilled what it means to be an Israelite. And it's through whom that all the nations of the earth will be blessed in a way that the nation of Israel was never able to accomplish. Mm-hmm. Um. yeah Yeah. I maybe got oh, into that a good. little bit more than I meant to but all this to say there was a, also a rub for me when I was reading the New Testament as a kid and teenager like why is there all this the Jew first and then the Greek or like um, you know it's the gospel of salvation for the Jew first and mm-hmm. then the Gentile have you read yeah. texts like that totally. and wondered
1: why yeah exactly and, and even you read in acts of paul goes into a new place and goes to the synagogue first right and if he doesn't find success there or, or it kind of spreads from there to the rest of the city
0: right at least in my understanding yeah th- no okay. that's exactly right and i think if we set that in the abrahamic covenant that says this people group was meant to be a blessing to all nations all along, then that makes more sense. Mm -hmm. So actually it makes sense that it'll come through the Jew first and then to the Greek, because it's like, um, like a tree is a metaphor that Paul uses in Romans nine, 10, I forget. Um, when he describes the Greeks Gentiles, like wild olive branches that are being grafted into the family of Abraham, it's one of those in Romans. Um, so think about this covenant people like a tree the the, the root ball, the root system is growing through this covenant promise that was given to a particular people group, but the benefactors of that people group are supposed to be everybody in the world. And so it's like this people group is the conduit through which all are blessed. It's not that this people group are the blessed people. Um, that's too reduced. And uh, I say all this to say, Acts starts to wrestle with some of this stuff Yeah, in light of what Jesus has accomplished and what the Holy Spirit is doing. Like the Holy Spirit is not being contained. Did you look it up? Acts, uh, or <laughs> not Romans 11. Romans 11. Yeah. There you go. Um, so yeah. You know the day of Pentecost? Some crazy stuff happens.
1: Yeah, totally. Fire... In tongues mm-hmm. and people going crazy.
0: <laughs> yeah. They're like, we promise we're not drunk. It's only 9 a.m. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> That's in the Bible. Yeah, it's in the Bible. You gotta check it out.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, this is the Holy Spirit coming on the apostles in you got the it. upper room. and there's Which a leads to a
0: huge uh, conversion of people. Thousands of people. It mm-hmm. says 3,000 people came to the Lord that day. And. It's interesting to note that the people who came to the Lord are in Jerusalem from a bunch of nations. And they're speaking different languages because those nations speak those different languages. Mm -hmm. But they're in Jerusalem for the Hebrew festival, Pentecost. So they are Jews. Oh, Pentecost was a festival before Pentecost? Oh, it was, before the like oh, Christian thing. I didn't know that. It was. What yeah. Pentecost before that? Actually, I don't even know all that many details about it. You want to Google that yeah. and see? But I guess my point is, when I first heard this story, I thought that the 3,000 people that came to the faith that day who were speaking all these different languages from the surrounding nations were Gentiles from all those nations. Um, but no, they were actually all like Yahweh fearing practicing Jews in these different nations because of the way that Israel had been conquered and the people had been scattered through exile over the previous centuries. Um, Jews ended up in all of these cultures and civilizations around the area. So they would have spoken Arabic and Egyptian and all, all you know, Syrian, all the languages that are around them. I forget there's like a list of them in acts chapter two but uh, did you find any good info Uh, yeah it it,
1: um it looks like refers to the jewish festival of shavuot Mm -hmm. celebrated on the 50th day after passover also known as the feast of weeks and the feast of 50 days in rabbinic tradition it's referred to it's comes from the septuagint okay Um, in the book of Tabat and the second Maccabees.
0: Great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it it was a thing. So yeah, uh, second Maccabees, if you don't know, was written in that, like we we call it as Christians, especially Protestant Christians, we call it a 400 years of silence Mm -hmm. between the last book of the Old Testament and the first book of the New Testament. Some people call it the intertestamental period, um, which just means there were books that were written in that time um, but they aren't in our Protestant Bibles. Some of them are in Catholic Bibles. Um, whether we observe them as Christian as scripture or not, they're still like important texts, especially
1: so, to the Jewish faith.
0: Uh, especially That's to the like, Jewish yeah. faith. Yeah, though the as far as I understand it, the Jewish people don't view the Maccabees, for example, and the other books like it as mm-hmm. scripture. Oh, okay. Um, which is part of why in the Protestant Reformation, um, the Protestants did away with those intertestamental mm-hmm. books in the Bibles that we now call the Bible in the Protestant tradition because they wanted to return the Old Testament to its Jewish form. Yeah. Um, the form that the like modern-day Jews of its the Protestants' time viewed as Scripture mm-hmm. and then the New Testament. Cool, cool. Anyway, that's a big conversation.
1: So all that to say mm-hmm. happened during pentecost the festival of pentecost yep and there was all these jews from all over the world
0: amen that got saved yes it's not a gentile thing that's happening yet Mm -hmm. keyword yet but this is beautiful because if you're very familiar with your old testament then you know there's been a lot of prophecies all along um about my people god speaking that my people will be brought home from the north the south, mm-hmm. the east, the west. I'll bring you from every nation and gather you up back into Jerusalem. Do they They
1: have to be gathered because of, is it still from like the big exile to
0: Babylon that dispersed mm-hmm. every, everyone? Yeah, I think there's a lot more than just that. Mm-hmm. That had to have been part of it at least. Yeah. Um, I mean, 750 probably years before this, um, Assyria conquered the northern tribes. Mm-hmm. And then, like 570 years before this, Babylon happened. Babylon destroyed Jerusalem. I mean, yeah. that's what I mean by Babylon happened. <laughs> the Babylonian exile. Yeah. Um, but still, I mean, think about American history, like over mm-hmm. 500 years is a long time. Totally. Um, so there was a lot of 500 years ago,
1: America was found by the Western world. <laughs> it
0: was discovered. It wasn't even like, yeah, nothing else was going on <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. besides the native Americans. And the native Americans. Yeah. Yeah. They had it going on. They were all over the land. Mm-hmm. Um, but Europeans had only just discovered it. Yeah. Yeah. Which is kind of wild. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Anyway, it's a whole that's a whole thing that's a whole thing yeah (laughs) we don't have to get into that we've got enough controversy going on we do um oh i lost my train of thought oh yes okay so no so there was just a lot of geopolitical things happening different hmm, empires conquering this land it was a really sought after land because it was part of the fertile crescent where that's like Fertile Crescent is a, a chunk of land that has good soil mm-hmm. for growing yeah. food on. Um, and it's also in between the river and the sea, the Jordan River and the Mediterranean Sea. There's a lot of like trade routes that happen there between some of the most powerful cities in the world at the time. So anyway, it's it trades hands a mm-hmm. bunch from the Assyrians, the Babylonians, then the Persians and the Medes. Uh, And then eventually the Greeks come, destroy the Persian empire, and then the Greek empire falls into these four different smaller empires. And then Rome grows and Mm -hmm. conquers that. And then somewhere in there, um, somewhere in there, you can tell, I don't know my dates super clearly, (laughs) but um, if there was a rabbi here, he'd probably slap my wrist and say, it's not just somewhere in there. This is a significant event. Um, The revolt of the Maccabees, Um, which is like a Jewish rebel sect um, fought against their oppressors and established a nation state of Israel that didn't last all that long um, in the grand scheme of things, but it was around for, I want to say at least a hundred years. So anyway, Mm -hmm. with all of these wars and Um, With the Mediterranean world being as economically integrated as it was, Jews had just been scattered for centuries. Mm -hmm. But those scattered Jews, they have a word called the diaspora Jews. Mm -hmm. Have you heard that word before? Yes, I have. I think it comes from the root for dispersed Mm -hmm. diaspora. So they were were dispersed around the world. The diaspora are those that don't live in the land, the Holy Land. Mm -hmm. But they're still committed to Yahweh. They still come to the Holy land for different rituals and whatever else. And those are the people that are met by the day of Pentecost, realizing Holy smokes, <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> our
0: Messiah has come and I want to give my allegiance to him. Come on. This yeah. is actually a way cooler deal than I even realized. Cause yeah. I thought there was going to be a King that was going to like overthrow Rome or whatever. But this is, this is like an eternal thing mm-hmm. and I'm seeing power. And this dude, Peter is preaching with authority and I feel the Holy Spirit and I don't even know what that is or what that means really. But I thought only like the prophets of old were filled with the Holy Spirit. And now it seems to be on all of these people. Like there's this great outpouring of the presence of God and it's all I want. And so this is very much like Judaism is being fulfilled here. Like the Jewish people are brought together and there's sort of like a new Jerusalem moment happening Mm -hmm. where those who have been scattered around the nations come together as God's people. Do you see how that's happening? Totally. And that's not to say we've been talking about eschatology a lot around the office, especially today. That's not to say that that's the only time that that happens, because there's a lot of Old Testament prophecy that points to the nation of Israel coming back together. Yeah. And people believe that that's something that's going to happen in the future towards the end times and even point to the modern day nation state of Israel Mm -hmm. um, as the fulfillment of those things. And I don't want to get into that conversation, but I am just going to say that like in some respect, those prophecies are fulfilled in acts right yeah. here. Mm-hmm. N- maybe not to say that they're only going to be fulfilled right here, but they are at least in part filled here. That's cool. Does
1: that make sense? Yeah. It's, it's cool. that There were prophecies about this and then also the, you know, the Holy spirit knows best, but does this when all these people are in town, yeah.
0: you know? <laughs> yeah. That's pretty dope. Oh, I love that. Mm-hmm. And then what do you expect those people are going to do? go back, go home, go home. And then they bring in the, the gospel with them. Boom. It's like, God's a great planner. Yeah, totally. So I'm just going to draw all these people in, fill them with the Holy Spirit and then send them home. Mm-hmm. And of course, like the initial churches planted in all of those respective cities happened because of these people Wow, who became evangelists. Totally. Even though they most likely had no idea what they were doing mm-hmm. evangelistically, they were filled with the power of the spirit. And so like the church was yeah. born. Wow, that's S- cool. So fun. That's yeah. That, so fun. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> Couldn't have set it better myself. That's, thank you, God. And then I wanted to just um, like flush that out relative to what then ends up happening. Eight chapters later, in Acts chapter 10, um, maybe you know the story, Peter is down in Joppa um, on some church business, and he receives a vision of unclean foods coming down on um, like a canvas or a sheet, I forget Mm -hmm. what the word is, um, coming down from heaven, and the Lord's voice says partake of this food, Peter, eat it. And Peter says, no, far be it from me. I have never partaken of the unclean foods my whole life. Yeah. Boom. Here we are. They're kosher. These are kosher. Peter could have eaten these. (laughs) Oh, if you're just listening, I just held up the trail mix. Oh yeah. And it is kosher from Trader Joe's. Thank you, Trader Joe's. Peter could have eaten these. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But what God says there is, do not let what I have deemed clean, do not call what I've deemed clean unclean.
1: That had been so confusing for him. Yeah, it had to have been.
0: I'm like, "That's, that's a box breaker right there. (laughs) It's like, these are purity laws, Lord, that have been in place since the days of Moses. Like you spoke these to Moses and our people have been set apart from the other nations by observing these purity laws. Why in the world would you ask me not to observe them right now? Mm -hmm. This doesn't make sense. Something huge is going on. Whoa! And Peter has to really let his boxes break Mm -hmm. in order to follow where God's going. Yeah. And then some guys come knocking at the door. They're servants of this God-fearing Gentile named Cornelius, who's Mm -hmm. a Roman. And Cornelius says, the Lord told me to send for you. You have a message to give me. Peter goes to Cornelius's house, which already for a Jew to walk into a Gentile's house is like not an acceptable thing. Mm -hmm. But Peter's starting to connect the dots here and he's realizing, "Whoa, I think God's going to do something huge. Whoa. And the day of Pentecost events, tongues of fire and all that, it happens in Cornelius' house. Just a bunch of Gentiles all of a sudden get filled. And it's not because, and this is the crux of where we're going in this conversation, it's not because they said, I will become ethnically Jewish by observance of the Torah. Mm-hmm. I
1: will not, like, I'm not going to circumcise myself.
0: I'm not going to get circumcised. I'm not going to follow these purity laws or kosher laws or whatever. It's it's not like there was all these boxes they had to check mm-hmm. and then the Holy Spirit filled them. Yeah. The gospel message was brought to them and the Holy Spirit said, I'm going to make these people my temple too, mm-hmm. which is breaking boxes all over the Jewish world at the time. Fascinating. And it will continue to that, that event alone becomes the, largest like massive question mark and debacle in the first generation of the church. People are trying to figure out what do we do with Gentiles? Do we make them become culturally Jewish? Mm -hmm. Because Jesus was a Jewish, he's a messianic King from Jewish prophecy. Mm -hmm. So these people should become a part of our people. Yeah, that's hard. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. We we are so removed from this issue today that we don't really see it, especially because most of us, including myself, are Gentiles. Mm-hmm. Like, I haven't really observed Jewish holidays or Jewish customs yeah. almost ever in my life, to be totally honest. Mm-hmm. Though I've like, I went to a Hanukkah celebration once and it was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, you know, but... Uh, I I just wanted to point this out and say, if you're not aware of this major dialogue or debate in the early church, it's, it's at the heart of Acts and a ton of the new Testament letters too, because Paul's having to say, Hey, in Ephesians two, I think Paul says Jesus tore down the dividing wall between you Gentiles and Jews, Mm -hmm. which is like a temple message the wall in the courts that separated like God-fearing Gentiles and practicing Jews, it's not there anymore. Hmm. The Holy Spirit came out of the temple, the physical temple structure, and filled you, his people, as his temple now. And there's, there's no respecter of persons here. It's not an ethnic line. Instead, the line is drawn where people are willing to put their hearts and faith in Jesus. Jesus is the difference maker. Mm-hmm. Nothing else. Yeah. Which, there, you, that's the gospel. Yeah. I love that. It's nice, you know? There's nothing we can do. No. There's it's, no prerequisite. Nothing about who we are to mm-hmm. begin with.
1: To begin with, yes.
0: Either. Or what we can do. So this starts to get flushed out in acts chapter 15 where paul um and other missionaries other apostles all come back around in jerusalem and hash this out essentially at that time there were some teachers christian teachers who were saying any gentile converts have to become culturally jewish Mm -hmm. and paul and peter and the other apostles are coming against them saying no, actually, I'm really confident that what the Holy Spirit's doing here isn't gonna look like that. Yeah. And they sort of hash that out in Acts chapter fifteen. And Peter points to that infilling of Cornelius and he says, like How do you explain this? The Holy Spirit didn't wait for them to be circumcised. Yeah. He waited mm. for the gospel to be heard in their ears, and then he filled them. Yeah. You know? It's so cool. Yeah. Hmm. I
1: think it's interesting looking at the new Testament and the later chapters of acts and you see that, like I feel like the Jewish people are either the most stoked converts or the most angry people in the town. Wow. Like it was such a, de- you can tell it was like really divisive hmm. for the people at that time. That's good. Um, which makes sense. Cause you're like dramatically shifting the trajectory of your ancestry, your hair, mm-hmm. her- like your, your faith. That went back your father's and father's and father's and father's generation.
0: Right. Um, Yeah. That's got to be hard. Oh, it's got to be like earth shaking. Yeah. I'm sure there were tons of people that struggled so massively with it that this was the major um, stumbling block.
1: I feel like for Peter to have this experience is one thing. But is there any like what's said in the Old Testament about maybe letting the Gentiles in someday? If, if there is anything, cause oh, yeah. it feels like if that's just new revelation, that'd be really hard for Jew like Jewish people to stomach after yeah. so much history.
0: Yeah, it's good. Thanks for asking that. I'm thinking the first thing is I just keep coming back to it. So maybe I'm a broken record, but that Genesis 12, mm-hmm. what, when God's people are set apart at that very moment, it's for the sake of all the nations. Um, I guess it's maybe for more than just for the sake of all the nations. Uh But he says, through you, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. So it's honestly, it's right there. Mm -hmm. And then all throughout, um, Isaiah chapter two is one of my faves. (laughs) Actually put the quote. Where is it? Here it is. Um, Isaiah chapter two, verse two says this. It shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the house of the Lord. So that's Jerusalem shall be established as the highest of the mountains and shall be lifted up above the hills and all the nations shall flow to it. Hmm. And then the prophecy goes on to hash out what that's going to look like. Yeah. And you start to get imagery that's echoed in the book of revelation when the kings are bringing um, their treasures and their wonderful trades um, through the gates of the new jerusalem yeah uh, which we see in revelation 22. there's this multi-ethnic sense all over revelation especially Um, you asked about the old testament but what revelation is working on are some of these old testament motifs that Mm -hmm. isaiah pulls out it's in zechariah Um, chapter 14, verse 16 and 17. If you want to look at that, Amos is actually quoted by Peter. I want to say, or is it James, um, James in Acts chapter 15. So he says, this is reading Acts chapter 15. So this is in that, uh, like conference room discussion with all the apostles in Jerusalem. This would have been a fascinating conversation (laughs) to be a part of. Yeah. After they had stopped speaking, James answered, saying, Brethren, listen to me. Uh, Simeon has related how God first concerned himself about taking from among the Gentiles a people for his name. That Simeon was, that's a way of saying Simon or Peter. So that's who we're talking about, I think. I hope that's not wrong. I'm pretty sure he's just talking about Peter. Mm -hmm. Um, With this, the words of the prophets agree just as it is written. And then he quotes from Amos chapter nine, after these things, I will return and I will rebuild the tabernacle of David, which has fallen and I will rebuild its ruins and I will restore it so that the rest of mankind may seek the Lord and all the Gentiles who are called by my name, says the Lord who makes these things known from long ago that's a crazy statement right there Mm -hmm. that Amos ever prophesied that they're Gentiles called by his name. Yeah. Um, but it's right there and you'll find little traces of this. If you want to just do a little Google Mm -hmm. search about the nations coming together. Um, there's also like little prophetic, it's in the narrative too. It's not just in the prophets like Rahab, for example, or Ruth Mm -hmm. Tamar. There's a good amount of stories of Gentiles that see God's people as blessed and then come alongside and say, like, yeah. I want to be a part of this because what you've got going on is legit. Like, this is real. Yeah,
1: that's so good. Uh-huh. I also think it's, I mean, the way I read you know, the, G, the Great Commission from Jesus is not like, and into Samaria and all the Jews in Samaria and to the ends of the earth and all the Jews, you know, it's like, it's not just like, mm. and the Jews at the end of the earth and the Jews in Samaria and the Jews in Judea. It's like, it feels like those trot, like the, everyone there in those spaces yeah. are to be called and to be discipled. Um, so even from Christ's mouth.
0: That's great. Yeah. In, uh, in Luke, he says what you're saying, like Samaria, Judea, to the ends of the earth in Matthew 28, Jesus says, go therefore." baptizing them in the name of the father, the son, and the Holy spirit, making disciples of all nations. Mm-hmm. I think I switched the order there, but yeah, of all nations, <clears throat> yeah. the word nation there in the Bible, typically when the word nation is used, it's talking about people group, like uh-huh. more like ethnicities Yeah, is typically what it's talking about in, in the world today. We think nation and we think of like Canada and Germany, mm-hmm. um, like a nationality. Yeah. Uh, that's not the way they most likely would have been thinking about it in the time of the Bible. So you're right to all nations means to all people mm-hmm. groups. Praise God. Praise God. Otherwise we wouldn't be here <laughs> right?
1: for sure. But what a strange thing that like, we'd probably be sitting here and be like, I wish we could join that
0: Jewish club. I know they look they've like got they've a, really got, they've got to figure got it out going on. <laughs> um, I just liked this lingo that Christianity in this first generation it's a Jewish messianic movement full of ethnically diverse participants. So it's weird that it's like Jewish and yeah. it's actually statistically proven that Christianity is the most ethnically diverse religious movement in human history. That's cool. Isn't that great? That's really cool. Which is just, you know, the book of Revelation. This is a, a really cool one too. And and tongue. Every tribe and tongue. That's where I was just going. Sorry. No, I love that you said it. That's perfect. Don't apologize for being awesome. No, I ruined (laughs) your surprise. I'm sorry. In Revelation chapter seven, there's this cool moment where John, the visionary, hears that there are 144,000 people named among the people of God. Do you know this part that I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. He says there's 12,000 from this tribe, 12,000 from that tribe. 12,000 from this tribe. And he goes down the list. Yeah. All adding up to 144,000. So then you're starting to question like, Oh, I guess the only people in heaven are Jews and they're from the 12 tribes of Israel. Mm -hmm. And they're going to add up to this specific number. Yeah. It's not very many, not very many. Yeah. And I mean, to be fair, the book of revelation has been read that way, but mostly I think just by Jehovah's witnesses. Mm -hmm. Um, But then what does John the visionary see when he actually looks? Notice that's what he heard. But then when he looks in Revelation chapter 7, he sees a multitude, every tongue, every tribe, every nation, more people than he could ever count. Which I think is saying we've got some symbolic numbers happening here. Mm -hmm. And we're talking about the people of God. And then the manifestation of the people of God is actually not just limited to this one ethnicity or limited to that one number. Mm -hmm. But um, by saying 12,000, the the number 12 in the Old Testament um, is a way of referring to the fullness of God's people. So then to say 12,000... It's the fullness of that one tribe to say 12,000 from all 12 tribes is to say everybody, everybody in the book of life, Mm. everyone that God loves and who loves God is there. That's good. And it looks like every tongue, every tribe, every Mm -hmm. nation. That's beautiful. Isn't that sweet? Yeah. Praise God. Praise God.
1: (laughs) Uh, Also, I've always wondered how to interpret that part of revelation.
0: Yeah. I'm like, Oh, only 144,000. <laughs> what do Eesh. I do with that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there might be some biblical theology, uh, theologians that would tell me I did something wrong there, but that's the way I've come to understand it. Mm-hmm. it. seems to make a lot of sense to me. Yeah. Another thing about revelation that is doing the same thing, just so you know that I'm not making this stuff up. <laughs> uh, I want to say it's in revelation four at the very end. It might be at the beginning of revelation five where um, they're saying, oh, I think it's five. Who is worthy to mm-hmm. open the scroll, to break the seals? You know this bit? Yeah. We love this bit at River House. Yeah. And what's the answer that John hears? Do you know? No one. Oh, um, yeah. So he right? sees that no one is oh, worthy. he
1: sees no one is. But then... Sorry, I read this this morning.
0: I should remember. No, you're g- I mean, that's that's part of the answer. Okay. Nobody's worthy. And he starts weeping. Mm-hmm. But then someone comes and says, no, wait, there is someone who's worthy and it is the lion Lion. lion. of the tribe of judah yeah it's a lion Mm -hmm. and then when john looks up at the lion what does he see a lamb a bloody lamb whoa fascinating right yeah so we got two different ideas that are a way of speaking about the same thing Mm -hmm. john does not see a lion ever but that lamb is described as the lion of the tribe of Judah. Wow. And does that mean that Jesus is literally a baby sheep? Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> Which I, I'm just, yeah. these are examples of the way that the book of Revelation works. Like those images are rich with meaning. Oh yeah. And they've got more than we could ever mind in yeah, this space. But. It's
1: like, it's odd, I think in our Western culture to explain something in this way, but it's yeah, way more, weighty and visceral than just like and jesus is worthy and he's standing right there mm. with the the scroll opener you know it's like <laughs> you know it's like <laughs> yeah. there's something about like it's you know only the lion you look up and it's a lamb you're like whoa like i don't know i was reading this, this morning i it was funny that i was reading this this morning oh praise god and i was just like whoa this is beautiful i was like just Waiting. I mean, I've read this before, but there's something just about this anticipation of like, just being in that moment with John weeping, like no one's worthy, and then he hears the line, he looks up in the Lamb. And I'm like, whoa, this is so good. I it, it hit me
0: heavy. Whoa, I loved it. It's so artful, and yeah. through that art, it conveys so much more meaning than if you just said, Jesus is worthy to usher in like the culmination of all things. Mm-hmm. If I just said that, you know, that could be revelation chapter five, but that would be so boring, so flat, so mm-hmm. two dimensional, and it would lack the brilliance of these images. Yeah, totally. Um, cause Jesus is, yeah, Jesus is the most powerful being. Yeah. The triune God is the most powerful being obviously in all of existence. The lion of Judah, the one who conquers with the power of a lion, the king of the jungle or whatever. Yeah, I mean, it's
1: really like awesome language and like mm, the the good use of the word awesome. And the true word
0: the, of the, the yeah, the totally. true use. And then what does his power look like? Does it look like a beast with horns, with these instruments that kill? Does it look like um, someone who wields all these crazy weapons no he looks like a lamb mm-hmm. covered in blood and when he does have a sword where is the sword do you know in his mouth yeah it's it's coming out of his mouth yeah it's good and when he's riding in to armageddon his robes already have blood on them before the battle's even begun because he's carrying his victory into the battle. Like this battle's already won. Good night. Anyway, Revelation's so epic. Yeah. <laughs> um, all this to say, well, it's it's good to point to Revelation to answer what is the Old Testament doing because it's drawing on Old Testament imagery and prophecy. Mm-hmm. Um, so in a way, that every tongue, every tribe, every nation is stuff that the Bible has been working towards all along. Yeah, I guess that was my final point there. Um, I just want to make a mention if I can about Paul. Yeah, with our last note. And I know. I mean,
1: pretty important
0: character in the Book of Acts. <laughs> I know.
1: If we're doing an Acts overview, we probably should touch on him at some point.
0: We just have to. I mean, he's he's incredible. Mm-hmm. Okay, I heard this described. It might not be super appropriate to describe what happens to Saul his first name mm-hmm. in Acts chapter nine as a conversion, but rather some kind of transformation hmm. and why these teachers that I was listening to specifically, you could probably guess to the Bible. Ma- yeah. yeah. Tim, Tim Mackey, Mackey, the Bible project and N.T. Wright in mm-hmm. this case. Um, and Tim Mackey gleans a lot from N.T. Wright, who in case you don't know them, they're both Bible scholars, mm-hmm. PhDs. Yeah. PhDs. We could call them Dr. Mackey and Dr. Wright. Yeah. Um, not the medical type. <laughs> yeah, But for sure. They describe what happens to Saul as a transformation because Saul is this zealous character unto Yahweh. He's not just uh, some kind of political extremist. Yeah. He's, he's a passionate, religious, zealous young man. And he's going to fight for the purity of God's people, for the purity of God's message. Mm -hmm. Um, In a similar way that like Old Testament judges, um, I heard them describe like a dude called Phineas in the Old Testament, I think in Numbers, Um, there's some abomination and blasphemy that's taking place in the tabernacle. And Phineas goes in with a spear and he thrusts a spear through two people who are um, defiling the tabernacle. Yeah. And Phineas is viewed as this great hero because he's cleansing the holy space of what is not holy. And so no doubt in this tradition of Jewish people committed to Yahweh and his purity, Paul would have thought of himself in that kind of way. Mm -hmm. Like I'm purifying this place of the heresy that's coming against it. I'm fighting on your behalf, God, and then on the road to Damascus, where he's going to fight for further, further purity of the way of Yahweh, mm-hmm. he's thrown off of his horse, has this blinding vision of the throne. And he looks at the Lord and he says, who are you, Lord? maybe we should just read it which is i
1: when i was reading, again reading this today this is great that i was already reading that's this. Great. that's great look at you the lord you're honestly just steeped in scripture uh, i wish i was i'm not <laughs> don't think that anyone listening to this i'm working on it um but i was amazed by i think it kind of like goes to what you're saying he has this crazy vision but his first response is who are you lord
0: fascinating
1: i was like oh so there's like always like it's not like he's like this yeah atheistic you know i don't know zealot kind of extremist mm. you said but like yeah he's a rabbi was he a rabbi
0: yeah a pharisee a pharisee uh-huh. yeah yeah yeah. it wouldn't have been trained enough or mm. old enough probably to be a rabbi yet yeah uh-huh.
1: but yeah to be yeah to already be a pharisee and like have a great reverence for yahweh yeah totally
0: just so, zealous. Yeah. I like that zealousness. And you you kind of love it because mm-hmm. what what Jesus is then able to do is take that energy and point it at the gospel. And then you see that same zealousness with the
1: gospel. Exactly. Come on.
0: See, isn't that Look cool? this. Yeah, I haven't really thought about it that way. I like it that way because you just... You see... The beauty of Paul's heart, though incredibly misguided mm-hmm. before his transformation, don't get me wrong, like he calls himself the greatest of sinners hmm. and the murderer of many faithful. And like that would have been so hard for him to come to terms with, I'm sure. Wow. Once, yeah. he, once he discovered, because he says, Lord, who are you? And then what does Jesus, the one on the throne says, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. Hmm. And for Saul to think, every ounce of my being has been to fight for your name's sake, Lord. And all along I've discovered, well, not all along because mm-hmm. Christianity hasn't been around all that long yet, but he goes, I've just come to find out that the thing I'm fighting against is the thing I am s- thought I was fighting for.
1: Yeah. What? Whoa.
0: What do I do? That's
1: trippy. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if a lot of his time, because he spent three days blind. And didn't eat. That feels like kind of like a time of mourning even mm-hmm. of like what his, what he was doing
0: in the direction of his life was going. It's good. It was like a testing of him in those three days. Mm-hmm. And then I loved what you were saying earlier before we got on the microphone about yeah. Ananias. Oh yeah. This is another Ananias, not the one with Sapphira who died. This Ananias was a Samaritan correct yeah was yeah. he oh I'm actually i don't remember you would know pretty just sure i just read it <laughs> yeah you did which no. is
1: cool and like the the lord was already speaking to him through the holy mm-hmm. spirit to go and pray for mm-hmm. saul yeah so it's like and he knows like how scary this guy is um that might not be true about the samaritan he might have been jewish i don't know oh i'm just saying afraid
0: there was a d- disciple at damascus named ananias okay maybe it says somewhere else but anywho
1: yeah Um, so yeah, he's afraid of Saul, but still chooses to go lay hands on Saul. And I, and I was saying how, like I want to be a guy like this Mm. who is like willing to go and pray and lay hands on and be with people that are, um, I think completely against me, you know how beautiful that is. And then after this story, just to tie this all together, when Saul ends up going back to Jerusalem, he, uh, is trying to meet with the apostles. He's like, "Hey, like I'm I've been transformed, you guys." And wow. they're like, "No, you wanted to kill us." But Barnabas mm-hmm. is the one that like welcomes him in and is kind of his like gateway into the the church in Jerusalem and the apostles. And I'm like, "Wow. I let me be a Barn like a like a Barnabas too." Wow. Like I think that's so beautiful to hmm. to be one in tune with the Holy Spirit. And just like open in love and humility to like welcome those that Mm -hmm. were once against us now for us and
0: be aware of that. You're seeing how like the redemption that Jesus is bringing to the world is so holistic and Mm. offensive to the ways of the world that like Barnabas would sell his excess and give his money to the apostles earlier on in the book of acts. And then here Saul, the like pharisaical murderer (laughs) comes up to him. Yeah. And Barnabas is like, I'll listen to your story. I believe because I, I've been touched by that Jesus and I know what he does. And I believe like maybe he was cautious. Yeah. I don't know how he couldn't have been, but. Other than just to say like the transformation that Jesus has in people's lives is it's greater, I think, than we have the faith to believe. Come on. I like that. Mm. And then this is cool. Paul, you know, his name has changed. He changes his name to Paul's like complete Mm -hmm. identity shift. So I'm just going to go by something else. But like not that far off from the first one. No, I'm just kidding. Swap a letter. (laughs) It's not like he's Tim. (laughs) used to be Saul now call me Jedidiah (laughs) Uh, what a silly joke Uh, but he was a trained Pharisee he would have known the Old Testament the Torah so well all the teachings of the Jews Um, and he goes out into the wilderness fasts is gone for years like scholars debate how long Saul removed himself from the picture before he went on his missionary journeys, but it was at least like 12, 13, Mm -hmm. 14 years. Um, he was in the wilderness. He went home to his home city and called Tarsus and just tried to make sense of what in the world was going on and what he was supposed to do about it. And then as this brilliant Jewish person, he calls himself, I think it's second Corinthians. Is it the Jew of all Jews or something? Um, like of the pharisees i was the most zealous i'm a benjaminite so he's like listing all the reasons why he's in a textbook like Mm -hmm. the most zealous best of jews yeah and yet he describes himself as like the least because of his sinfulness Mm -hmm. and he doesn't boast in any of those credentials the only thing he boasts in is his weakness i'm pretty sure that's second corinthians Mm. um Paul's so cool dude. everything that he's able to do because everything that's in his mind, you know, and especially the Holy spirit. But <clears throat> my point is this, this is a man who would have been very well trained to talk to Jews. Mm-hmm. I'm going to point you to how Jesus is actually the fulfillment of this whole thing. He is the Messiah. Open your eyes. Hmm. May the scales fall off your eyes. Like they fell off mine. He might say, yeah, but, does he become the apostle to the Jews? No. No. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? That is
1: really interesting.
0: God chose to use him for the Gentiles, mm-hmm. which is, I I almost think like a prophetic picture of what we were talking about earlier, that God wants to welcome in the nations through his chosen people, yeah. the Jews.
1: Wow, that is a cool picture and connection.
0: Isn't that nice? Yeah. And then this undereducated fisherman, mm-hmm. Peter, ends up becoming the leader of the church and would have likely done ministry more with Jews than Gentiles, even though he didn't have the education to garner their respect in the way that Paul did. Mm -hmm. It's just like God using people in backwards ways because he's that cool. Upside down. Isn't that lovely?
1: That's really lovely. Mm -hmm.
0: Paul rocks. His story's amazing. He goes on all these missionary journeys. He has these different missionary partners. Um, Oh, maybe this is an important point Mm -hmm. I want to make. We already brought it up, but Matthew 28, the Great Commission. Yeah. Jesus says, go therefore and make disciples disciples of all nations. Mm -hmm. We don't see anybody doing that. Like we see Paul doing that. Yeah, And oh, I don't know why it's going to touch my heart. I'm going to cry a little bit. Something about reading the new Testament letters, this last go through for me. Yeah. Oh, that's wild. It makes me emotional. <clears throat> I like, I felt like I saw the father heart of Paul taking these in, in some cases peers. Yeah. People that he would look up to another Pharisee, like Barnabas, but in some cases like younger men, Timothy, mm-hmm. Titus, taking them underneath his wing and doing life with them, training them in his ways, wow. sending them off, empowering them. I just see an incredible model for discipleship in the person of Paul. Yeah. Um, and so what he's doing in his missionary journeys isn't just going to a place and standing on the street corner and like yelling in a bullhorn that the kingdom of God is here. Mm -hmm. He goes into synagogues. He tells them, Hey, our Messiah has come when he's, I mean, he has an incredible heart for his people. So he's going to start there. Yeah. These are the people that know the backstory. They should see Jesus. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, like you said, they do other times they don't, they reject him. And in fact, they start rejecting him so much that, he starts to come to the conclusion, maybe I need to not start in the synagogues anymore because these people are driving me out of their towns. They try to kill me before the Gentiles do. Yeah, Like the Romans are the ones that actually want to hear the good message that was given for the Jews. Fascinating. How wild is this? So he's just like flushing this out in mm-hmm. experience. Yeah. Um, and all along he's building deep, deep relationships such that when he writes to the church in Philippi or Colossae or uh, Ephesus, he knows the people that are reading, that are listening. Mm-hmm. He knows the specific issues at play. Um, one of the more moving parts of the book of Acts is when Paul's saying goodbye to the church of Ephesus. You know, that scene where he says, I have to go to Jerusalem. I feel compelled to go to Jerusalem. And the people in Ephesus say, don't go, Paul. They're mm-hmm. going to kill you. Yeah. They'll, they'll arrest you. You're not safe there because like the the Jews there are out to get the Christians mm-hmm. and you're a traitor in their eyes. This is not going to go well for you. And Paul says, the Lord is sending me. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go where the Lord wants me to go. And if I die, then so be it. Wow. And they weep at his loss that he's leaving. I mean, yeah, it just, it's one of those like few points in the Bible where it really shows strong human emotion. Yeah. Um, in a narrative. And I love that because it goes to show like these dudes, these women were dear friends of Paul's. Yeah. He's doing life with these people.
1: That's really cool.
0: Hmm. I never want to push past a point like that because that's a model for the kind of life that we're called into. Mm-hmm.
1: To do life with one another.
0: <clears throat> yep. And to train people up in the ways that we've been trained up by others, you know? Mm. Which is a point I feel like I've been hitting that for months, ever since Darren Roundson was here. I've been hitting it like a drum that I think we as Christians need, deeply need, to have a Christian, at least, or many Christians discipling us Mm -hmm. that are more mature in the faith. And then we need to be discipling those that are less mature in the faith because that's just the model of the way of Christianity.
1: I've had the opportunity to start doing that and have that on both ends. Oh, come on. Are you kidding? Let's go. it's like, it's really powerful. Hmm. Like there's just some, there's even, there's just something in, in not only being poured into, but then also translating your experience with Mm -hmm. your faith to someone who has less experience and just like reiterating those things. And it's like, it's encouraging and faith building for me to see how far the Lord has taken me. Wow. Um, that's cool. So if if you, if that's something you haven't taken that step to do, it's like, it's incredibly rewarding. And Mm -hmm. I think, which makes sense because it's, said over and over again yeah. in the Bible <laughs> yeah. that that's like what we are to do. So it makes the sense that the thing that we are to do most
0: would be like actually very fruitful and rewarding. Yeah. So praise God. Praise God. That's right. I'm glad you've been doing that. I knew you were mentoring someone, but I, mm-hmm. I guess I didn't know that you were Yeah. like being discipled too. God is good. God is so good. I feel that too. When I found a spiritual director. He's really blessed my life and not that many hours of breakfasts, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> when we meet every few weeks.
1: Yeah. It doesn't, you do have to move in with each other.
0: <laughs> no, no.
1: It's just like having someone oh. in your corner.
0: Yeah. I, I'm, I would just encourage you listener, because I was so blessed by this kind of a reading. Like if you aren't familiar with the names of the New Testament, because you kind of gloss over them, um, don't gloss over those, those final greetings, mm-hmm. you know, like, what is it? Epaphroditus I send to you because this, that, and the other thing and greet yeah. this guy and that guy, I love I- Priscilla and Aquila. Mm-hmm. We don't really know a whole lot about them, but they must have been like this great couple in the faith. Yeah. That had Christian churches in their houses and they moved around to different cities and planted different churches. Oh, and just that I see their names pop up again and again or some mystery dude named Gaius. I want to know who Gaius was. Mm-hmm. But they're just so relational. Anyway, sorry I cut you off. I got excited.
1: No, I was I was just going I I felt the same way reading through the New Testament this last time of just mm-hmm. like, oh, they like knew each other. And they're like old
0: friends and it's so fun. Yeah. I love that. I kind of feel that way with Richard Gordon Mm -hmm. and our church. Yeah. Um, On a couple levels. One, he knows us now. And I feel like we know him more. He can speak from the microphone and like call out different people by name and share their testimony. Yeah. Even testimonies that happened years ago. Totally, just so fun, and he has a team of people that he's discipling, and he's sending them to do ministry that oh, he could yeah. have done. You know what I'm saying? Totally. Saying? Yeah, I feel like uh, not that I'm saying Richard Gordon might as well be an apostle um of like like akin to one in the Bible or something, but
1: but definitely a. a- Pauline model for us, you don't, know, don't you think? Totally. That's how I feel when I look at him. Oh, I love that. That's a good example. Yeah. I think that's totally fine to say. I want to be that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you're saying he's on the same level
0: as Paul. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's Glad what I'm
1: taking from that. Yeah, totally. If, Phenomenal. If, if
0: Richard Gordon has said anything, I'd take his words. as more weighty than Paul's. Even. <laughs> <clears throat> that's a joke. Just a joke. Everybody. Yeah. We love Richard Gordon, but yeah. he's not scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, neither is N.T. Wright or Tim Mackey, believe it or not. <laughs> I'll need some more evidence. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> uh, the book of Acts is amazing. And it's worth saying again that like Paul is arrested, thrown in prison. But the, the point of a lot of those passages also is to show that he's innocent of any crime. Mm-hmm. They actually can't hold anything against him. And whenever he's on trial, he just shares his testimony, and people are dumbfounded about how amazing his testimony is. Hmm. So his testimony speaks for itself. Yeah, he's not ashamed of the gospel; it's the power of salvation for those who believe, and he's experienced that. He's not ashamed of it, and he like acts that out. So, in case it's been a while since you've read the book of Acts, my friends, I'd say do so. Mm -hmm. Sit in it for a little while and let it inspire your way of life, and then notice the ending just feels like a dot 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 totally paul's sitting in house arrest ministering freely the end yeah (laughs) totally and here we are go and do likewise still still working out the acts of the holy spirit in our day
1: oh that was well said Hmm,
0: thanks that was a good wrap up wow praise god there's so much we could have said and maybe i went on too many rabbit trails, but no, you know, we're talking about the Bible. You probably can't go that wrong. Yeah. And there's the (laughs) thing
1: with the Bible is you can just keep talking about it. You could, you know, it's kind of like an endless discussion Mm. or at least so far it's been a 2000 year discussion that hasn't been discussed enough. Right. Right.
0: So that's why I guess we're supposed to meditate on it day and night for our whole lives. Mm -hmm. Unlike another book that you just read once and then call it quits. Hmm. It's just proof of its divinity, don't you think? I agree,
1: and yeah, just the way I just the Holy Spirit is so good to to just reveal new things every single time you read. You sit wow. down and it just comes alive in a different way. Yeah, where you know brotherhood or discipleship stands out so immensely, or just like the wonder and the epic wording of Revelation stood out to wow. me today. Of like, whoa, this is. I mean. Heaven is something that I cannot fathom. Wow. There's too many eyes to count. (laughs) And that doesn't make sense to me, but it's awesome. Yeah. In the best sense of the word, awesome. Right. And I'll just accept that and just be blown away by this throne room scene. I love that. That is liony and lammy and so good. (laughs) Liony and lammy. Yeah. Obviously, not a PhD over here. Right. Me neither. Love it. Yeah.
0: It's just fun. (laughs) so good just loving scripture is it's easy the more you spend time in it especially yeah yeah even like we were talking before the microphones were on about how fun the story of philip and the ethiopian eunuch are it's like homeboy just teleports at the end of that story yeah that's in the bible (laughs) in acts acts i don't know what it is seven or something it's unreal i
1: forget um it really is wild yeah um, and just like i'm like who's this philip guy this is so cool <laughs> and then he, he just meets a guy who is also like the the treasurer of the queen of ethiopia wow so like this high standing guy and just happens to come upon him when he's reading a prophecy about christ in isaiah yeah and
0: interprets it for him and they get baptized and then he teleports <laughs> Yeah, we didn't we didn't talk a whole lot about Signs and Wonders mm-hmm. in this podcast. Which is kind of fun, uh-huh. I
1: think, cuz there's uh, people I think often associate Acts with just the Signs and Wonders book. Yeah. Which is great. Totally. But there's it's a lot more rich than that mm-hmm. and learning some of the other stuff outside of the incredible beautiful Signs and Wonders of the Holy Spirit just adds to the beauty of it.
0: Amen. Yeah. So, like Yeah, Even a sign and a wonder, in a way, is how the church in Ephesus was repenting of their pagan religiosity. So they were burning all their pagan books with all their pagan rituals in it. I want to say that's Acts 19. I don't remember actually what chapter it's in. But um, one good practice, if you want to really steep yourself in one of the letters of the New Testament that Paul wrote, is go read the story. If there is an equivalent story of when Paul was in that city in the book of acts. Mm, Yeah. So like read about what Paul and Silas did in Philippi and then in Thessaloniki and in Athens. And not that there's a book called Athenians, but you know what I mean? Like, and getting those stories under your belt helps you appreciate the letters so much more Mm -hmm. because those are real conversations with real churches and it it is a sign and wonder. And somewhere in there, Do you remember the bit where it's like Paul was healing so many people or the Lord was healing so many people through Paul Mm -hmm. that there was like a handkerchief of Paul's left over, and anybody who touched it got healed? Yes. (laughs) I'm like, what? Talk about a sign and a wonder. Yeah. It's like the, the heaven is breaking through this dude so much that the Holy Spirit's moving through power in his used handkerchief.
1: Yeah. That's yeah. It, that's, I think that's so beautiful. And something that without reading that in the scripture, I would look at some of the, the relics of the Catholic church and be like, "Eh, that's weird. Like they have like, you know, St. John's, you know, shoe, you (laughs) know, in some cathedral in Portugal, yeah, which is really cool. Yeah. But I'm like, what you know but like (laughs) this reading this gives me more appreciation for that kind of thing and and it's like oh no people go to this cathedral in spain that's like has this wellspring underneath it and they have so many recorded miracles wow i'm like well that that kind of fits into some of these stories that i'm hearing Mm. in acts which is really beautiful that's good praise god that's good and it's not like this like weird mystical thing it's like that checks out. That kind of seems like something my God would do. <laughs> I Even like though that. it's like we don't, I mean, there's no place like that in Boise.
0: Right. That I can think of. That I can, uh, yeah. St. John's Catholic Cathedral downtown doesn't have any relics that I know about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's funny it that
1: St. John, I picked on St. John and we have a St. John's Cathedral. But oh, that is funny. Any Small world.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I like what you just did there thinking, hmm, does that thing kind of bother me? Let's see if there's a biblical precedent for it. For it turns out there is mm-hmm. paul's handkerchief totally and then that doesn't mean that like relics maybe haven't been abused totally they for sure have yes 100 percent. but you know all good things have been abused in one way or another totally doesn't mean that it's not a good thing in its right context yes yeah thank you for saying that mm-hmm. don't hear what i'm not saying yeah i just like what you did when you said is there a biblical precedent mm-hmm. there is whoa yeah Okay, let that challenge me. And if there are people who don't believe in the gift of tongues today, I, I mean, read the Bible and see what it has to say about that and yeah. allow that to challenge you. Mhm. Um and so on. Yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. That's a good word. Man, thank you Lord for the book of Acts. What a gift. Acts of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, it's fun. What Man. should we call this one? This podcast? Yeah. Mhm. Paul, our boy, Paul. Yeah. Our homeboy, Paul. <laughs>
1: I mean, but we talked a lot about Gentiles and Jews. Yeah. Like
0: pray who's that. included, yeah. um, the Jews first and then the who, I don't know. Oh, that's not bad. Know, maybe there's just some play. Mm-hmm. You're more clever than me. Okay. Well, we'll figure it out. All right. Listener, if you have any ideas, uh, it's too late because we already titled <laughs> yes. this podcast. Boom. <laughs> 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 well thanks for listening friends
1: lord bless you if you want to prophetically title our next podcast yeah comment down below (laughs) there you go there you go (laughs) actually i mean please if you have questions or hotly disagree with anything that benjamin said (laughs) and strongly agree with anything that i said please put that down in the comments um whether you're on apple podcasts or youtube or you want to send us an email yeah we want to discuss please please yeah, sorry, you were you were actually signing off, but No, I, I'm glad you brought <laughs> some humor to it.
0: <laughs> Bless you, friends. Yeah. See the move of the Holy Spirit in your day this week. Well, in your days this week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Bye. Bye. Thank you so
1: much for listening to the Deep Waters podcast. If you have comments, questions, or concerns, maybe even a recipe or two, please send them to deepwaters at riverhouseministries.com. And if you would like to join us at Riverhouse for Sunday service, we meet at the Vineyard Boise at 4 p.m. We'd love to see you there. We cannot do this podcast without a little help from our friends. Our theme music was written and recorded by the Riverhouse worship team. Production is done by Jordan Sodeman. Special thanks to Isaiah Guerrero for our artwork. Benjamin Olson writes and co-hosts with me, Jace Langley, and I also edit this bad boy. If you like this podcast and want to keep going on this journey of discipleship with us, please leave us a review wherever you listen to the Deep Waters podcast. May Christ be with you wherever you go.